holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This evening we're here to participate in a tradition that spans more than a thousand years of Christians and for many more beyond that. Ashes have been part of our faith for generations. The Israelites in the Old Testament would put ashes on their head or, or sit in ashes to convey grief and sorrow and repentance. They would literally tear their clothes to, as an outward display of their grief and of their sorrow for what they had done. This practice carried over to the early church, early Christians who had committed sins and were expelled from the Christian community were allowed once a year to put ashes on their heads for 40 days before Easter and were welcomed back into the church after 40 days of penitence. Over, the, over time, this practice was adapted and all Christians put ashes on their heads before they celebrated Easter. And it was in 1091 that Pope Urban officially declared that all Christians 46 days before Easter should receive the imposition of ashes on their head. And these words were to be spoken when given them. From dust you have come, and to dust you shall return. In 1091, those words were spoken, and we will speak them today. And as I begin today, I think it's important for us on this Ash Wednesday to know why we're here. Why do we come to church on this Ash Wednesday, put ashes on our heads? Why do we hear the words, from dust you have come, and to dust you shall return? It is those ashes that re represent an outward sign of an inward recognition. Because today is a unique day on the Christian calendar. Today we recognize our mortality. We recognize that all of us will die. Each of our lives here on earth is finite. And today is a day, and the season of Lent is a season that is meant for us to look in the mirror and examine ourselves. You know, it's not very easy in our culture to talk about suffering and death. We lift up entertainment and fun and happiness. We look on Facebook and Instagram, we see influencers living their best life, sharing their best photos and videos. But what they don't often share is the depth of challenge and fear and suffering that is present in all of our lives. Death and suffering are something often to be avoided. But the reality of avoiding suffering and death is that when we don't talk about it, we give it power. 
Because when we don't talk about death and suffering, it allows our mind to wander. We never fully process that our life here on earth will end. We ignore our essential story as Christians, that out of that suffering and death comes new life in grace. So today is a day that we remember that from dust we come and to dust we will return. But we do it for a reason. We do it so that death won't have power over us, but instead it might give us a better life. Our scripture today is from the book of Joel. Now I know that all of you spend your free time reading the minor prophets, but for those of us who have not spend our free time reading the minor prophets, let me remind you of what Joel is experiencing uh, in his book. Joel is a prophet, a prophet in Judah, the southernmost part of Israel, and his community has experienced a natural disaster. In Joel's community, the locusts, And when I say locusts, locusts are these large grasshoppers that often form clouds, clouds so thick that they can block out the sunlight. And when they swarm on crops, they are so devastating, they eat everything and destroy everything. And this invasion of locusts happened to Joel's people. And as a result of the destruction of all of the crops, the animals also died. And then, if it weren't any worse, right following the locusts, there was a great drought. So for Joel and the others who lived in Judah at the time, it was a generational calamity. It was one of those events that would be talked about from generation to generation. It was an epic event. And as a prophet, it was Joel's role to give meaning and speak for God in the midst of this devastation. And Joel in our scripture compares these locusts to an army spreading darkness. And he refers to the day of the Lord, which refers to a day of final judgment. Because ultimately, Joel realizes and recognizes that for many people, this is the end. Because not only will crops die, not only will animals die, but because of this devastation, many people will die. His people are enduring unimaginable suffering. It is a truly dark time that will blight generations to come. But it is in Joel's response to this darkness, this devastation, that we find his message. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts, not your clothing, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. 
Joel is imploring his people not to abandon God in their grief and their misery, but instead use the devastation as an opportunity to return to God. Instead of asking, where is God? Pursue God with fasting and prayer. He says, rend your hearts and not your clothing. Rending clothing meant to tear your clothes as an outward sign of repentance. And Joel's response is to say, don't tear your clothes, tear your heart. Come back to God. One day after church early in my ministry, a man came into my office and he told me that he was an alcoholic. He had been to detox several times and he was afraid that his family was going to be torn apart. But he was still drinking. And frankly, I didn't really know how to help. So I called another pastor who his sole ministry was recovery ministry. His church was set up in such a way that they would have an AA meeting and then they would go have church. And so since I didn't have very much experience, I called him on the phone and I said, what can I do to help this man who came into my office? And he recommended and welcomed the man to come to his church to attend meetings there. Um, but I was surprised to, to find out that he said I couldn't do a whole lot to help. He said, because people who struggle with addiction they have to hit rock bottom. And he said before they hit rock bottom, they're, they're often not willing to change. And so you need to pray that he will find his rock bottom. And he said in his experience that many alcoholics he worked with, that there were the three most common things that caused alcoholics to hit rock bottom was that they would lose their family, that they would lose their job, and that a doctor would tell them that if they kept doing it, that they were going to die. And he said, most people that I encounter have to have two of those three things to fully hit rock bottom. And I was shocked. I was shocked that I couldn't do very much to help. I couldn't do anything but pray. Some of the best things for us in our lives is for us to find those things that keep us from abundant life and that they might die so that we can be created, we can be all we are created to be. So I say all that to say that we're not here particularly on Ash Wednesday to give up chocolate, or not drink soda for 40 days. But instead, we're here to look in a mirror and ask ourselves, what is killing us? What is taking our life? And it's not just personal. It's not just you and me. It is our church, our community, our nation, our world? What are those things that are keeping us from God?
that are destroying our lives. Ash Wednesday is a day that we take rock, rock bottom and lift it up and say, are you ready? Are you ready to turn from the things in your life that keep you from being all that God created you to be? And we know that today isn't just a single day of vulnerability where we're going to ask you to come forward and take ashes and go home and make a change, but instead it is a journey of 40 days because life is not changed in a day. It is a single time, but it is a season of beginning. We have to dredge through lots of ugly stuff before we're ready to make a change. So as we spread ashes on our forehead today, it is a sign for us that death and suffering are an essential part of life, an essential part of our story as Christians. By wearing that sign, we're not satisfied by ignoring the hard parts of life. Instead, we believe that this suffering can bring us meaning and that these next 40 days can be days where we return to God who loves us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.